everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy Dominic Demeester. Week three in the books, folks. We are heading into week four. Got a game tonight between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. That'll kick off the fourth week. Been a very exciting first three weeks. Dominic, uh, how are you doing? And second of all, are you ready to talk some NFL football? I'm doing amazing, William. And yes, the NFL week three is in the books. Let's go on to week four, baby. Let's get it. We've got a lot of previews to do for week four. We want to recap some of the games in week three. If not, all of them was a crazy week three, Dominic. I'm going to shift it over to you. Too tough for me to decide one game uh, to recap that happened this week. We saw upsets. We saw our fair share of comebacks as well. We saw a lot of head scratchers, Dominic. So I'll pass it over to you and uh, let's dissect the first game uh, on uh, on your docket though in week three. Well, let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens take it 37-26. Lamar Jackson is getting in form. Not the greatest stats passing, 18 for 29, 218. But again, running for 107 yards and a touchdown. This guy is the prototype hybrid quarterback in the NFL. He'd be definitely my number one if I was drafting for that specific position. Um, that being said, yes, the Ravens take it. Mark Andrews, 89 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Mac Jones, unfortunately for him, he's going to miss some time. Yeah. Patriots uh, are going to have to go to Brian Hoyer, I'm guessing, as the, the backup quarterback. But yes, Baltimore took care of New England. New England, to me, I think that this is going to be a season where they're going to regress. We saw Mac Jones obviously getting hurt, unfortunately for him. But Lamar Jackson really, you know, he's playing for his contract this year. And I think he's going to get paid a lot of money when it's all said and done. Yeah, I've been impressed with uh, Lamar this season, Dominic, uh, two and one and uh, having a really good game last week in the loss. Uh, to the Dolphins. I watched some of this game. Pretty exciting game, actually. Back and forth, New England took the lead um, in the uh, the first half. Baltimore was able to come back. Big shout-out to the, the Ravens defense that was uh, able to uh, to force a turnover. A few of them at the end of the second half. Kyle Hamilton, rookie out of Notre Dame, punching the ball loose there. And then Humphrey getting an interception in the back of the end zone. Um in, intended for Devontae Parker. But yes, unfortunately, Mac Jones going to be missing multiple weeks is uh, is what the reports say now. So it'll be up to Brian Hoyer, like you mentioned, Dominic, to uh, put the team on his back or potentially play mis- mistake-free football. And uh, yeah, big win for Baltimore, sitting at 2-1. and one. They do look good this year. And while Lamar didn't have a great statistical game in terms of passing, I do think he's a lot more comfortable passing the football this year. Uh, I like what I've seen of him, and I, I want to see uh, more than I have in seasons past in terms of Throwing the football, and so far I've been impressed. I'm not going to lie. I'm. Uh, I think that he's reading the field better. Thank you, Mark Andrews, for those two TDs. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> on my fantasy team as well as Lamar Jackson there, so they helped me out uh, big, big time there. And yeah, big win for the Ravens, Dominic. Um, I like what I saw out of them, and they're going to have a big game this week against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, who you know, let's jump to that game right now. Who just lost to the Miami Dolphins? Dolphins sitting at three and zero, Dominic. Not going to lie, I'm on cloud nine. You got two undefeated teams in the NFL, Dolphins being one of them, uh, Eagles being the other one. I'll throw it over to you to dissect the game and I'll give you my thoughts. But Dolphins squeaking away uh, victory here, 21 19 over the Buffalo Bills and sitting atop the AFC East. Yeah, Miami, congratulations. 
I'm not surprised. I'm really happy for the Dolphins. I didn't think they were going to actually win this game. I thought that Buffalo was actually going to take it. But yeah, they went ahead and they took out of business. You play to get the W every week. And it doesn't matter how you do it. I know they got destroyed in terms of time of possession. But I really think that the Buffalo Bills are one-dimensional. I think Buffalo, you know, it's all about Josh Allen. Let's add Stephon Diggs in there. That Mm. is the team for the Buffalo Bills. I still don't see a running game. And I don't see... You know, Gabriel Davis is supposed to be this great number two. He's not really showing up on tape, in my opinion. And until I see that, I'll take Buffalo a bit more seriously. They lost a few guys on the offensive line in this game. This is obviously going to be really detrimental for Buffalo moving forward. Keep an eye on that. And for the Dolphins, I mean, you got the three amigos. You got Tua, Waddell, and Hill. And to me right now, in the passing NFL league that we're in right now, this is the recipe for success. And until I see a strong number two wide receiver for Buffalo, I'm not taking them seriously. I don't care what the Super Bowl's odds. I'm giving the Dolphins all the credit in this game. Congratulations. You took it 21-19 on to week four for those Dolphins. Yeah, Dominic, the stats in this game were absolutely mind-boggling. So Josh Allen throws 63 passes, 63 to Tua's 18. If you would have told me before the game, Allen completed 42 passes and Tua completed only 13. I said, man, I would have asked you how much did the Dolphins lose by? It really wasn't that, Dominic. The old expression, bend but don't break, was exactly what this Miami Dolphins defense did. Uh, they did what they needed to do. They... Um, they literally bent but didn't break, right? Late in that fourth quarter, uh, the Buffalo Bills had the ball at the three-yard line, three tries, didn't get a touchdown there. Uh, Josh Allen had a receiver open on fourth down. He one-hopped it uh, to him. Dolphins had that crazy uh, tackle to keep the receiver inbounds there to, to end the game, and the Buffalo Bills could not spike it in time. Um Dolphins squeezing away with that 21-19 to 19 victory. A few impressive things here, Dominic, like I just mentioned, in terms of time of possession. The Bills dominated. They had 41 minutes with the football to Miami's 19. Tyreek Hill only getting 33 receiving yards, and the Dolphins are still able to win. That's very impressive. Um, and I was looking at the power rankings this morning on NFL uh, Network, and they have Buffalo at 2, Miami at 3. And to me, that's ridiculous. Look, Call me biased. I've been a homer all my life when it comes to the Dolphins. I'm not going to uh, shy away from that. I'll definitely admit it. I'm a homer when it comes to any one of my favorite teams. But come on, guys. The Dolphins literally just beat the Buffalo Bills. Don't give me those BS excuses about the Bills this, the Bills secondary that. The Bills defense played well in this game. It was Miami's defense that beat the Buffalo Bills. And last time I checked, the Bills didn't have any major injuries at the offensive line position. And two up, could have played that second half concussed. He looked wobbly. Um late in the first half, and they were getting, had a good drive going on in the game. They didn't score on that drive because Teddy Bridgewater came and didn't get any points. So I don't want to hear excuses. I still don't think these Dolphins are being taken as seriously as they should. Uh, I, I find it absolutely ridiculous that Buffalo is number two in the power rankings. I don't pay too much attention to it, um, but here, I mean, I think it's a, it's a big mistake. I think you could even put the Dolphins at one because the Bills are supposed to be this juggernaut team, these Super Bowl uh, favorites to, to, to win in the whole NFL, and the fact that Miami beats them and is still behind them, yeah, I find that uh, a little bit uh, a little bit surprising to say the least hopefully Miami will use that as motivation because uh, uh, look you can talk about all you want about time of possession this that and the other thing final score 21-19 Miami wins and last time I checked that's all that matters Dolphins 3-0 uh, super proud of this team love these guys and I think that they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder now um, after being underdogs in, in this upcoming game against Cincinnati Bengals don't even get me started Dominic let me just pass this to back to you give me another game to recap in week three before I go on another rant 
<laughs> hey, you're a Miami Dolphins fan. You're passionate. You're allowed to be. And I agree 100% with your take on them not being number two after they beat the Buffalo Bills. Makes no hey, sense. I like but a really, really quick question before we jump on our next game. What is Miami doing for their running game? Is there something of a concern there? Because I don't see a lot of running game in Miami right now. There definitely is, Dominic. There's a, there's been a concern for the Dolphins uh, running back for many years. The last solid running back I remember Miami has is probably Ronnie Brown. But yeah, you look at this game, Chase Edmonds, 3.5 yards per carry, Raheem Mostert, 1.4. And, you know, that was really it. They were the two running backs. Uh, until Miami's O-line gets better, I don't expect this team to be able to run the football a lot. And Or if they do, I don't think they expect them to run it that well. Um, it, it's just tough that, you know, it, it, it's tough when you have kind of that, that running back roulette. I'm more of a fan like you, Dominic, stick to that main running back. And then in certain situations, you could have that RB two, but now they're going back between uh, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster, uh, Miles Gaskin. I don't even think he's touched the field at all. Uh, so it's just really between those two guys, but I do agree with you. If Miami wants to be taken even more seriously, then they do have to start to get uh, that running game going because the two has been playing well, but uh, you know, he, it's a lot to, to put on him coming into his third year to ask him to, you know, kind of sling the ball and when he, they're not going to win games like this all the time, right? They kind of got uh, away with one here in terms of getting dominated time of possession, but uh, they're going to have to find a way to run the football. And I think right now, Dominic, if there's one glaring area they're lacking in, it, it'll be running the football. And I expect that to continue throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I think I agree with you, William. Let's hope they, they solve that soon. And I know 1.4 yards average in this game clearly was not the answer, but he's going to have to improve. But that's still the guy I would lean on. Definitely, Dominic, for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm on cloud nine. Talk about these boys for a long time, so I'll pass it over to you. Uh, another uh, game to recap of week three. Yeah, let's go between the New Orleans and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina takes it 22-14, to 14, giving Carolina's first win of the season not a flashy game but again they finally found the recipe hand the ball to christian mccaffrey 25 times for 108 yards get that clock ticking and lean on that defense that carolina defense is, is very strong and they took care of business forcing Jameis winston to throw two picks and to me this is how you win for carolina baker mefield 12 for 25 not really Amazing, but again, a good manager, just manage the football game. And uh, Lavishka Shanu coming in with two big catches for 90 yards and a TD. So congratulations to those Carolina Panthers. Run that football and you'll get more victories. Yeah, Carolina Panthers um, running back Christian McCaffrey rushing for 108 yards in this one. Like you said, Baker not looking great. I expected this to be Baker's coming out party. I picked the Panthers to win this game. I thought it was going to be more of a high-scoring game in fear of Carolina. It wasn't. Like you said, they relied on that defense. And it looks like we saw a little bit of the bad Jameis Winston in this game, uh, throwing those two interceptions. Chris Olave, Dominic, he looks good. Nine catches, 147 yards, uh, kind of one of the bright spots in the uh, in the loss there for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, you know, the Saints want to start winning games, Dominic. Alvin Kamara's got to get going. Uh, big fumble in the first quarter that had led to a scoop and score from those Carolina Panthers. They're gonna, he, He's going to have to be the best player on this team if the Saints are going to make a playoff run. I know Michael Thomas has been a sight for sore eyes in terms of him missing last season. Really good to see him back, and he's had a fairly good start to the season. But we're going to need to see more, Dominic, out of this running game, and especially Alvin Kamara, whether that's him coming out of the backfield, catching passes. Uh, but yeah, Kamara is, I don't want to see He's regressed. It's just been a few games, but uh, Alvin's got to pick it up, Dom. Yeah, you're 100% right. I think the whole Camara court case might be lingering in the back of his mind. 
doesn't seem like he's playing great football. We'll have to wait and see on that. But the Saints right now are going in the wrong direction. Definitely are, Dominic. Let's see. Jump to another game. A game. I'm going to go to the Minnesota divisional, divisional rival, Dominic. Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. The Lions, Dominic, had this game. They were up by 10 in that fourth quarter. Minnesota came back winning the game by 4, 28-24. It was 24-21 late in this game. Fourth and four for the Lions. A questionable call by Dan Campbell. Decides to kick a long field goal. They miss it. Kirk Cousins uh, runs a two-minute drill and throws a TD to Osborne, who is wide open. Uh, and the Minnesota's coming, come back and win this game. This is a big game for the Lions, Dominic. They were able to win this game, you know, 2-1. and one, uh, A team that didn't have high expectations, but, you know, was kind of as a team that may be able to surprise a few people they, they had a really good game in this one they just let let the minnesota vikings crawl back in this game and unfortunately that's what the lions do sometimes uh, but credit those vikings winning this game uh two and one now tied with the packers uh for first in this division and pretty impressive dominic that the the vikings are able to win this game with uh you know star wide receiver justin jefferson only having 14 receiving yards in this game. Adam Thielen finally getting going. Six catches, 61 yards, and a TD. And Osborne, like I said, getting that TD at the end of the game. Rushing yards for for Dalvin Cook, 96, 5.6 yards per carry. That's what they want to do. And, you know, while Kirk Cousins' uh, stats weren't pretty in this game, he did what he needed to do. He had the ball uh, late in this fourth quarter and was able to drive the field, not only getting a field goal, Dominic, uh, forget about getting the field goal and forcing overtime, getting that victory there. But uh, the big question mark in this one, like I said, Dominic, was Dan Campbell's decision to kick a long field goal there because they had converted, I believe it was four times already in the game on fourth down. Um, and they were going to get the, if they got the first down, it would have been game over. Minnesota would not have been able to stop the clock and uh, credit the Vikings coming back and winning this game by four uh, at home over their uh, rivals. Dalvin Cook ran well, 5.6 yards per carry, 96 yards in total with a touchdown. I think that was the difference. Minnesota has a great football team. Forget about what we saw against the Eagles. This team is a complete football team from top to bottom. Maybe, you know, the coaching could be, season if, if it's for lack of a better word <laughs> but uh that's how i would chalk it up for minnesota this team should make the playoffs and detroit you know those these are all the growing pains i don't think jared goff is going to be on this football team probably next year but what do i know the, right now they're doing just enough to play as a football team and do enough to almost win games but they lost deandre swift and i think that that one's going to resonate throughout the um, the nfl and i think that this loss Unless Jamal Williams could put it together, he had a pretty decent game. But eh, the Detroit Lions are going to be feeling it uh, moving forward. And I don't expect much from them, at least for the next few weeks. Week three, already done, already in the books. Let's continue to recap games. Dominic, pass it over to you. All right, let's go. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Indianapolis Colts. Upset Central. Yep. Indianapolis takes it 2017. This was a must win for the Colts. I think that it was a statement game for them. And they did this without Leonard, which probably will make that defense that much stronger and confident moving forward. I mean, I think Kansas City, you know, they're not going to win every single game of the season and they're bound to lose one. Why not lose to a really good football team, in my opinion, in the Indianapolis Colts? And you knew they were going to have to do something different than they did last week. And I really think that Jonathan Taylor, even though he didn't get a lot of yards in this game, was what kept the clock ticking and kept that Kansas City offense off the field, you know, 
21 carries, 71 yards. To me, that's good enough. But Michael Pittman Jr., this guy, wow. This guy is now a star in the NFL, if you ask me. He is a huge difference maker on this offense. Eight receptions, 72 yards. Not a lot of yards, but, you know, very reliable. A reliable guy for Matt Ryan is what he needs to gain his confidence. Because I was questioning him last week. I'm like, is this, you know, over for Matt Ryan? And no, I don't think it is. Looks like he's a man on a mission. Indianapolis wins a huge game and expect them to take this confidence moving forward to next week. Big win by the Colts, Dominic. Big, big win. I think you said it best. Credit Matt Ryan, who has struggled this season, uh, for going on that drive at the end of the fourth quarter uh, and uh, getting the TD to to um, to seal the victory there uh, at, uh, at the end of the game. You know, Kansas City was losing at points in this game, and it, for me it was kind of like, okay, like eventually they're going to come back, they're going to come back. Uh, they were able to come back. They tied it up. Um, and then, you know, it was the, the Colts that, that clutched up when they needed to the most. It was really like them saying, I don't want to say call it a, a season-saving victory, but it almost was, Dominic. Um, and, yeah, I like what I saw out of Pittman. We talked about him a lot. Eight catches on the nine targets. Um and uh, two touchdowns on two catches for the uh, the rookie here, Woods, uh, tight end for Jelani Woods, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. We look at the rushing stats for the Kansas City Chiefs, Dominic. While they are a pass-first team, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as you know, he had a tough game. He had seven rushes, zero yards. Um, and, you know, this offense, I'm not sure they become one-dimensional in Kansas City, um, but I think maybe we're seeing the loss of Tyree Kill. Um and you know what that what it has to do to this this the football team, um, the effects it has because like they do have ballers, right? They got speed. Um, they got Hardman, who only had one catch for two yards, who's kind of like that that Tyree Kill replacement. Um, but yeah, Dominic, just the AFC West as a whole, we were expecting this big big powerhouse. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who are two and one. We got the Chargers getting crushed by the Jags. Uh, then we have the Broncos at two and one, who could very easily be zero and three. And then obviously we have the zero and three Raiders. Uh, yeah, what have you? Uh, what do you make of that so far, Dominic? This, I guess you can see the struggles we've seen in the AFC West. And now with the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the uh, previous winless Indianapolis Colts, we expected this AFC West to be a shootout, to be high scoring, uh, for there to be three teams to make it from this division, and so. Far Far, it hasn't lived up to the hype no it hasn't but it's very very early and injuries are obviously affecting a lot of these football teams take for instance the chargers the chargers without those two offensive line pieces i mean wow herbert he shouldn't have even been playing but he decided to play injured anyways with with some painkillers and i wouldn't have done it but he's a obviously a, a battler he went there to battle he did what he could but he shouldn't have been out there and ugh, God, that offensive line is going to be the Chargers' weakness moving forward. And a team like Kansas City, who I think has a, a great defense, will definitely expose those Chargers when they play them again sometime this year. So we'll have to see. As for the Raiders, you know, we talked about Derek Carr. He is still the glaring issue. I know McDaniels is trying everything. We saw Hollins catch a lot of yardage out of nowhere mm -hmm. this week. But I don't know. I think that... The NFL needs to change either rules. It's just, it's too predictable. I think this offensive passing game is becoming too predictable. Look at what the Bills did. It barely had any rushing yards. Look what Kansas City did. 
They lost. They barely had any rushing yards. And it seems like this uh, over-obsession about passing the, the ball on every single play. Once you're, you know, once you've got the team, especially in a, a divisional rival, completely analyzed from top to bottom, you spend more time analyzing your divisional rivals. I think that you become predictable. And that's why you saw, for example, Miami beating Buffalo, is that Buffalo was just predictable. And until that gets solved, I don't know how you solve it. I know player safety is one of the biggest reasons why the NFL is is the way it is. But yeah, you're going to have to be a team that runs the football a lot. Look at all your Super Bowl winners. They run the football a lot. That's how you win the Super Bowl. And until you do, well, you're going to get these weird games and these weird upsets. But again, we're really early in the NFL season. I wouldn't worry about the Kansas City Chiefs. And in that division, to make a long story short, it's going to be a battle of attrition. Whoever can actually stay healthy the longest will win that division. Speaking about injuries, Dominic, and the AFC West, unfortunately, it looks like uh, offensive lineman Rashawn Slater will miss the entirety uh, of the season. Sad news there. Uh, He was drafted high, big expectations for him. And yeah, we just talk about the Chargers are dealing with injuries, and it's it's been serious. Like you said, Herbert was uh, questionable to play the game up until, uh, you know, kickoff. And yeah, Slater uh, looks like he's going to be missing the, uh, the entire season. Sad news there. But, you know, with the injuries and the Chargers not being fully healthy and, you know, Keenan Allen not playing, this does not excuse them from losing to losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars 38 to 10. This game was in Los Angeles, Dominic, and they, the Jaguars sucked the, the energy out of the building for the very second of this game. There was like a preseason game uh, in an empty building, almost like a peewee game. Like the fans were not into this game uh, and the Chargers just looked, they looked off. They looked sloppy. Joe, uh, Justin Herbert, excuse me, um, in this game, not having a good statistical game, uh, only passing for um, two, well, not 297 yards, not bad, but only the one touchdown, 25 of 45, not a good completion percentage. Uh, he had to throw the ball away a few times. He and his receivers just did not seem to be on the right page, but credit those Jaguars, Dominic. They played a very good game defensively, sitting now at 2-1. and one. Trevor Lawrence playing mistake-free football, zero interceptions, three TDs, passing for 262 yards. Robinson getting a, a 50-yard touchdown run on fourth and one. You know, they uh, they had the guts to, to go for it there, and it definitely paid off. Zay Jones, 10 catches in this game. I'm curious, you know, to see what we're going to see out of this Jacksonville Jaguars team and to see how this Los Angeles uh, Chargers squad rebounds uh, because, yeah, the Chargers were my pick to make it to the Super Bowl, and right now they look anything but that. What do you make of this game, Dominic? Is this more impressive win for the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road and crushing a team uh, that has high expectations in the AFC, or does this leave more question marks for the Los Angeles Chargers and is it a little bit more worrisome for them? Yeah, the Chargers are in trouble. It's that simple. They're going to have to figure a way to get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands quick. I think Keenan Allen coming back probably this week is going to help. They need to have a whole different dynamic on on the offense, maybe making Austin Eckler the go-to guy with a lot of dump passes because Herbert's not going to have a lot of time for the remainder of the season. So the Chargers are in trouble. It's that simple. And the Jacksonville Jaguars expose that, obviously. And I think the Jaguars... Like I said last week, they found their identity. This defense is going to be for real. There's no uh, mistaking this defense. This defense, they drafted Trevon Walker first overall. The line's strong. I like a lot of pieces that they added. Doug Peterson, he has surprised me uh, in his abilities to get 
the right personnel, it seemed. I was really laughing at, at these wide receivers, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Marvin Jones. I honestly think that Peterson knew what he was doing, and he was a quarterback early in his career. To me, he actually drafted the perfect guys now probably for Trevor Lawrence, but he's really running the ball well. So all that being said, Jacksonville is a surpriser this year, but I want to see them lose a couple games in a row and see how this football team rebounds. But we, we are seeing Trevor Lawrence doing a huge progress that he did from his rookie season. And I think that right now is going to continue as long as they keep winning football games. That's what you got to do. You got to get the confidence going. And Lawrence right now is feeling really confident. And look, the AFC South is up for grabs. Dominic Trevor Lawrence is a passer rate QB rating of 103.1. Uh, you know, good stuff there for him. Why not the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't expect them to win the division. We'll see if this is able to continue. But uh, yeah, I guess if I had to pick, I would say it's a little bit more worrisome for the Chargers for all the reasons you talked about. But yeah, let's give credit to, where credit is due. The Jags, I like what they're. I know I just talked about using um, the one running back and one uh, running back for the majority of the game, but they seems to be working with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Uh, rushing for a combined 30 rush in this game, 17 for Robinson and 13 for Etienne. Don't look now, folks, folks, but the Jaguars are sitting pretty at 2-1 uh, with, uh, you know, that division, like I talked about, anybody's uh, and, and up for grabs. Let's continue, Dominic, with a recap. I'll pass it over to you. Let's go with the Eagles versus the yes. Washington Commanders. What a massacre this was. I think the sack went nine times or eight times. It was just ugly, ugly, yeah, ugly, ugly. Times. And I and I took the commanders for crying out loud. I should have known this because that offensive line is the weakness of the commanders. They lost Sheriff last year to Jacksonville, who we just talked about. And we're seeing Jacksonville being able to run the ball really well. Washington was not able to run the ball whatsoever against that stout defensive line in Philadelphia. Wow, when I saw Davis running after Wentz, that just he's just a behemoth of a frigging player. The Washington Commanders, you know, I don't know. That offensive line is going to cause them trouble the entire year. And we saw it on hand first with those Eagles. The Eagles are kind of like the Dolphins of the NFC. And I yeah. think that Jalen Hurts right now is riding the high the wave, but I'm not too sure. I, I'll, I'll give him a pass right now, but you see how important having two phenomenal wide receivers is Devontae Smith and AJ Brown completely taking over that Eagles offense and until those guys are on the field the Eagles will continue winning football games and they won this one convincingly 24 to 8. The Eagles next four games Dominic they got the Jaguars which you know is not as winnable as maybe thought it would be preseason but they're going to be favorites and you got the Cardinals who have been struggling offensively. You got the Cowboys, who may or may not be without Dak Prescott in that game. Then they got the bye. Then they got the Steelers. And then they got the Texans. Uh, so, you know, this is a favorable schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles. I love, love that cart that uh, Jalen Hurts is getting the ball to Devontae Smith. Eight catches, a buck 69 in this game, a touchdown. A crazy catch where he climbed over the ladder, then got somersaulted in the air, was able to hold on to the ball. When he got drafted... All Devontae Smith heard about was he's too skinny, he's too small, it's not going to transit to the NFL. He's, you know, shutting up those critic, critics, critics, and I'm super, super happy for him. Uh, one of my, you know, honestly, one of my favorite players in the NFL, uh, always uh, going to be rooting for him, and I love that connection that they have there. And only five catches for A.J. Brown in this game, but going for 85 yards and a TD. The Eagles look good. They really look good now, and Jalen Hurts has been the candidate uh, maybe a front runner for MVP right now. I know it's early and I know we like to overreact early on in the season, but to, so far it's, it's hard to, um, 
ask for more out of this Philadelphia Eagles squad. They're playing well offensively. They're playing well defensively. And uh, they're doing uh, exactly really what needs to be done in order to, uh, to turn some heads. Let's go to another game now, Dominic. Quite a few games to choose from. Let's go to... Hmm. Okay, this is a low-scoring game, but still was considered one of the games of the week. Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Packers winning this game 14-12. to uh, Tampa Bay without a ton of receivers in this game. No Mike Evans, who is suspended. No Chris Godwin. No Julio Jones. They were both dealing with uh, with injuries in this game. Uh, and it showed. It, honestly, both teams had struggled moving the football in this game. Um only uh, only getting two touchdowns was Aaron Rodgers, 27 of 35. Uh, like I said, the two touchdowns and uh, a one interception. And Brady going 31 of 42, one touchdown only, but zero, uh, zero picks in this one. It was, uh, you know, a lot of Leonard Fournette getting the ball and not getting too many yards. I think that they knew uh, the Packers did that they were going to run the ball uh, as much as they could in this game, the Bucs. Uh, but uh, the Packers sit still. And, you know, we, we, it's easy to criticize both offenses, but to credit both defenses too. The Tampa Bay team sitting at 2-1. and one, uh, They do not look good. Their offense has struggled, but this Tampa Bay defense uh, has been solid now, and it's easy to talk about this offense when you're talking about, you know, Tom Brady, Julio Jones now, and Mike Evans, but this defense gave Tampa Bay a chance to win this game, and uh, a big, big mistake by Brady at the, the end of the game by taking a delay a game when they went for two, having to go for two at the seven-yard line instead of the two. Uh, Green Bay squeaks by in a victory here, 14-12, to 12, Dominic. Yeah, I thought this was a fantastic football game. Low scoring, but with a lot of turnovers, led by the defense, with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks being stopped left and right. I loved it. I honestly think that we're going to see this matchup in the playoffs. I think that this will happen again, and it will be a completely different story. Tampa Bay really picked up a great weapon in Beasley. He obviously didn't show up in this game because it's his first week, but Imagine having Beasley, Gage, uh, Godwin, Evans. Yeah. I, I think that like, and Julio, I think that this offense, once healthy and they're all on the field, is going to be pretty, pretty impressive. I know Brady's lost a few pieces on the offensive line, but I have a feeling now with guys like Cole Beasley, he'll be able to have confidence with a lot more slot passes. For the Green Bay Packers, it was a solid game, but I'm still concerned a bit in the wide receiver area. I mean, like, yes, Romeo Dobbs went eight for eight for 73 yards and a touchdown. That's exactly what you want. But uh, we're missing Christian Watson in this game. And I think that he would have helped the play action a lot. And the high scoring of this football game would, would obviously have happened had those players been there. But Green Bay needs another receiver. They're not going to go far. Trust me. I did pick them to win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I think that I'm worried about that pick now because they do need another wide receiver. And Christian Watson won't solve it. So expect Green Bay to realize that and to do something about it, especially if other teams near the NFL trade deadlines, like like what the Rams have always added to a few pieces here and there. I think Tampa Bay might give a call to Gronk. This, this game will, it has showcased the lack of depth in certain areas. And I think that Tampa Bay obviously knows that they need their wide receivers. And I think Green Bay now is going to figure out that they need another weapon. So We'll see what happens in the future, but expect both these teams to make the playoffs. Expect the next time they do frigging meet each other, we're going to have a crazy football game, something along the lines of 35-35 overtime field goal win or something crazy like that. I'm really impressed. Congratulations to the, the Green Bay Packers for winning this game. 
Hey, I love those high scoring games, Dominic, but this was more, uh, like you said, of one of those low scoring games, old school football that you like to see. I definitely agree with you. The Packers need a wide receiver to want to go after a guy like Odell. You know, it doesn't, uh, you know, hurt to, to give him a call and potentially get him. They've been linked to Odell for a long time now. I think that'd be a, a really good fit and a dangerous weapon for Aaron Rodgers and those Packers. Uh, let's move on to another game, Dominic. Yes, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons against the Seattle Seahawks. That was a great game. I love Arthur Smith's ability to just do unbelievable schemes. And he was going against one of the better coaches in Pete Carroll. But wow, Corderell Patterson, 17 carries, 141 yards, doing this 10 years in the NFL. This guy, wow, he should have always been a running back. He's phenomenal. And Marcus Mariota managing this football team just enough to win the football game 27 to 23. I'm so impressed with these Falcons. This team, believe it or not, is an underdog. I know they're one and two. Mm-hmm. The coach is for real. Arthur Smith is for real. This running game is for real. The defense is average, but I think every time somebody sees the Atlanta Falcons on the schedule, they're not taken serious. So Agreed. that's going to work to the Atlanta Falcons' favor, and it's going to start after this win. Now they have some momentum. Whoever they're playing for Atlanta next week, I'm taking the Falcons to repeat and to go to two and two. I like it, Dominic. Well, think about it, Dominic. This team lost their first game of the season, 27-26, in a game they were winning in the fourth quarter. They lost last week to the Rams, 31-27. So they're not getting blown out. And they're playing, you know, the Saints and the Rams, who you'd think have, or would have a fairly easy time against those Falcons. Uh, yeah, I think the Falcons arguably are the one of the better one and two teams right now, as weird as that sounds. I do love what I've seen out of Patterson. He's helped me in my uh, my fantasy league. So uh, shout out to him. He's been uh, carrying my squad. But Kyle Pitts, too, Dominic, making a a lot of contested catches uh, in this game. And um, and you look at uh, this game going for over 80 receiving yards. I thought Mariota looked good. He looked calm in the pocket. I did pick the Falcons to win this game. And there were times where I was kind of worried about that pick because Seattle had momentum. They were at home. But uh, credit Mariota, who, you know, played a smart football game. Nothing really too, too flashy. And... Um, and yeah, I was able to come away with the victory and their first victory of the season. I like that there. Let's move on to Las Vegas against Tennessee. The Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3. This was a battle of two 0-2 teams. This was a really tough game for me to predict. On air, I did pick the Raiders, but I switched my pick. I'm sorry, I picked the Titans. But just before the game, I switched my pick, Dominic, and uh, I got that wrong. Should trust in my gut. Titans win this game 24-22. Um Ryan Tannehill, 19 completions, 264 yards. Uh, Fort, who is his new rec- uh, receiver in Robert Woods, getting 85 yards. Derrick Henry, not super statistical game. Uh, just pretty, but going 20 rushes, 85 yards, and a TD in this game. Um, and Devontae Adams held to 36 yards on 10 targets. Josh Jacobs, 13 rushes, 66 yards. Um, and yeah, Derek Carr passing for over 300 yards. Completion percentage, uh, not that good. But like you said, yeah, Hollins, Dominic. I really like Hollins. He was a Dolphin uh, last year getting 150 receiving yards in this game, one TD. But if Adams is held for 36 yards, Dominic, this team is not going to win football games. And right now the Raiders, Dominic, with the addition of Devontae Adams, are the only winless team in the NFL. I was really mean to the Raiders last week, so I'm not going to dump on them this week. But yeah, Derek Carr, it is what it is. You lose the game 24-22. To me, Tennessee played a a well-rounded game. They're in Tennessee. The spread was two. It ends up being a two-point game. So everyone got it right, and Tennessee takes this football game. Tennessee, however, another big offensive line injury with uh, Taylor Luan. Keep an eye on that because that is the heart and soul of that offensive line. 
but Derrick Henry is a, is a beast. So he's going to have to step it up. I expect that he will. I still think Tennessee takes this division. It's going to be harder now, but I think they just have to completely lean on Derrick Henry and give him the ball minimum again, 20 times a game and see where that can take you. Correction, folks. The uh, Raiders are not the only winless team. They are the only 0-3 teams. The Texans are 0-2-1, so also winless there. But uh, yeah, Dominic, that, that AFC South that you talked about there with uh, the uh, the Colts, Titans, Texans, and the Jags, that's uh, <laughs> not the best division in football, but still a... Um, an exciting one to keep on an eye on nonetheless. Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, close battles in divisions and a lot of surprises early on in the season. Uh, so yeah, we're done recapping week three games, uh, games. We didn't really talk about shout to the bears for winning again, two and one, the Cowboys winning, uh, with, uh, with Cooper rush at quarterback. And uh, yeah, you know, the Giants could have been, uh, you know, one of the three teams sitting there at 3-0. and And the Cleveland Browns beating your Steelers, Dominic, 29-17. to um, And Bengals finally getting on the win column. Uh, am I missing a game? Da, da, da. Sunday Night Football. Yeah. yeah a very unimpressive win by the Broncos, 11-10. to Yeah, very unimpressive to say the least. But I mean, you're bound to get a few sour games happening in the NFL each week. And that definitely was sour. To say the least, Dominic. All right, let's talk about the game that's happening. Well, that you guys are listening later tonight. Miami Dolphins at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by three and a half in this one. Dominic, take it away. Yeah, Miami, it's going to be a tough one because the Bengals now have confidence coming in. I think the Bengals take that confidence to another level and they showcase to the entire world that they're for real. They haven't lost a step and they blow out the Miami Dolphins 35 to 17. Wow. Well, look, Dominic, I can see this being a trap game for the Dolphins. The Bengals are a one and two team, obviously better. I mean, you think they're better than the record indicates. I haven't picked against Miami this year and I ain't starting now. Give me the Dolphins to win their four straight game, go to four. No final score of 24 to 20. Uh, I like the Dolphins offense to just do enough and the defense to hang, uh, hang tough in this game, similar to what they did against the Buffalo Bills. And yeah, they hold the Bengals to uh, 20 points and they win. Uh, and improved to 4-0. Next up, we got a game in London, folks, at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, breakfast uh, in bed or on the couch while watching Sunday Night Football. Doesn't get better than that. Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. Saints favorite underdogs by two and a half, Dominic. I don't like this game for the Saints whatsoever. They must be feeling like horrible after that loss. And now they got to travel across the ocean and somehow stay disciplined without partying, somehow saying to themselves, yeah, we still have a chance in this uh, NFL season. I don't like it. I think they party, they have a great time, and they join themselves, but they don't take the game serious. But the Minnesota Vikings, on the other hand, are a complete football team. They will beat the Saints 30-20. to 20. I'm with uh, with you on this one, Dominic. I'm going to go with the Vikings final score, 27 to 14. So they cover and cover fairly easily. I still got the Vikings uh, as winners of this division. I love the comeback I saw to Kirk Cousins and this team. And yeah, I think they continue to ride this momentum for the Saints. Like I talked about, Dominic, Alvin Kamara got to get uh, going if uh, if he wants uh, any chance of getting his team into the playoffs. Next up, big game, divisional matchup: Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored by three in this one. I'm going to go with the Titans. Give me the Titans to um, win for the second straight week. I'm going to go a final score of 23 to 21. So a close game. Uh, I was kind of leaning, you know, at first picking the the Colts in this one. But after a victory, uh, I just think that uh, we're going to kind of see the... uh, 
bad version of Matt Ryan in this one. And I think uh, King Henry is going to do his thing. Uh, Robert Woods will get going. And I think uh, Treon Burks will get a touchdown in this game, the rookie uh, for Tennessee. And yeah, the Titans will just squeak away with uh, a victory in this one against the Colts. Yeah, this is a really hard one to call. And yeah. I think that it will all depend on whether Leonard plays. He was supposed to play last week. I think that he's going to play this week. But I think you're right, William. I think that Tennessee needed that football game last week. Now they're confident. They wrote Derrick Henry. You're right. I will pick the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry to somehow squeak an ugly victory, probably very low scoring, maybe even overtime. I'm going to say overtime game, 17-14, Titans take it. All right, good stuff. Next up, we got the New York Jets at your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. Pittsburgh's favored by three and a half. I think it's a pretty good point spread. I'm going to go with the Jets to cover. However, I'm going to go with the Steelers to win in the low-scoring game. Give me Pittsburgh 17-14. There was talk about potentially getting Kenny Pickett to start this game. Tomlin did not bite an eye when asked the question. He said Mitch Trubisky will be starting this week. Uh, I believe him. And I think the Steelers will come away with a low-scoring victory, uh, 17-14. to I got to watch the Jets play Cincinnati, and I thought that the Jets, believe it or not, are building a darn good football team. I'm not sure if their head coach is the right guy to lead this team, but you know what? That defense is pretty strong, and they will get Trubinsky guaranteed. Give me the Jets in this one, 27-24. to Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. Cleveland favored by one and a half, Dom. I love what I saw with Atlanta. I said on the top of the show. Whoever Atlanta's playing, give me Atlanta. They're playing the lonely Cleveland Browns. I love it. Atlanta wins 28-27. I think you convinced me, Dominic. Give me the Falcons. I'm going to go final score of 20-16 in this one. Atlanta's at home. Uh, I think that that stadium's going to be rocking after their first win of the season. And, uh, yeah, I don't expect uh, the, the Cleveland Browns to be able to put up a ton of points in this game. And I think, yeah, Atlanta takes it for their second straight victory to improve to 2-2. Two and two. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. Detroit favored by six. Hard to remember the last time the Lions were favored by six. I'm going to go with the Lions in this game, and I'm going to go, I guess, a push. I think they win by exactly six. I'm going to go 27-21 Lions. Mm, yeah, I'm just I'm not a big big believer in Geno Smith, Dominic. You know that. I like what I saw out of him week one. Uh, I don't uh, I don't think that is really uh, the, the true Geno Smith. I see in this one, we see uh, the Detroit Lions coming out firing and uh, controlling most of this game and coming away with a, a six point victory over Seattle. I'm going to disagree with you, William. I think that the Seattle Seahawks need this victory in that division. And Pete Carroll. Last week's game, he's going to be saying to himself, I should have got that one. Unfortunately, we just lost it. They won't lose this one. Give me Seattle 30 to 27. All right. Next up, we got a great matchup. Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. Bills favored by three and a half. I'm going to go with the shootout here, Dominic. Give me the Buffalo Bills to rebound after last week with a 37 to 34 victory. So not covering, but still getting a W nonetheless. I think both quarterbacks are going to be guys you want to start in your fantasy this week. I could see Stephon Diggs having a big game or Sean Bateman too. Uh, maybe Gabriel Davis kind of uh, getting back on track. Yeah, I see this being a, a very close game, Dominic. Uh, definitely uh, on the uh, the high scoring, um, high scoring vicinity. So take the over, folks. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win by three. I think this is going to be the game that's going to open a lot of people's eyes. I love the Ravens in this game. They've done this 
so far without Ronnie Stanley. I'm hoping Ronnie Stanley plays in this game to help that running game. I think Baltimore is just going to destroy Buffalo. I really do. I think they get to Josh Allen and just eat him up. Give me Baltimore with the real one-of-a-kind hybrid quarterback in Lamar Jackson, 35-7. to Wow. Just a gut pick, Dominic? This is my gut pick. I think that, like, Buffalo is going to have a problem on the offensive line, and we're going to see it versus the Ravens. Hey, all right, Don. That would make me very happy. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles covered by six and a half at home. This is the game of the week. I really think this is the game of the week. And Jacksonville, if they want to be real, if they want to be the team that no one saw coming, go beat the 3-0 Eagles. If you do that, you will earn my respect. And you know what? I'm taking my upset of the week. Jacksonville Jaguars get it done against the Eagles. Trevor Lawrence passes for four touchdowns. Jacksonville takes it 28 to 24. I got to disagree with you on this one, Dominic. Give me the Eagles to improve to 4-0. I love what I'm seeing out of Jalen Hurts. I love what I'm seeing out of this offense. I got them rolling again. Uh, Three passing TDs for Hurts in this one. One on the ground. I'm going to go 31-18 Philadelphia to improve to 4-0. Next up, Los Angeles Chargers, Houston Texans. Chargers favored by five. My goodness, my goodness. I'm going to go with the Chargers bouncing back in this week. They're not going to lose back-to-back games. They're going to beat the winless Houston Texans. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I think they'll get the win nonetheless. I'm going to go give Chargers 21-17 in this one over Houston. This will all depend on whether Keenan Allen plays in this football game. I think he does. It's going to be a tough one. I don't think the Chargers actually cover the spread. I think Houston covers the spread. But they lose another three-point game. As as much as Houston's been in every football game, they're still missing weapons. Chargers take it 29-26. to All right, close game. Next up, Dominic, uh, we got a good one here. Uh, We got the Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. One o'clock game. New York Giants favored by three. Tough game to call. Yeah. You know, both of these teams are playing decent football. Someone's got to win. I'm going to take the Bears only because Herbert, I think, will shock the NFL this year by becoming a premium running back for those Chicago Bears. Montgomery is not getting extended. Herbert has arrived. Give me Chicago 26 to 23. Herbert having a great game last weekend. The Bears winning in spite of uh, Justin Fields and uh, his his poor performance. I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. Give me the Giants to bounce back uh, after their tough loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go a final score. Let's go 23 to 17 for the Giants in a close one. Uh, and uh, Daniel Jones coming up late in the fourth quarter, leading his team to a victory. Question marks on Kenny Galladay. Don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I guess uh, stay tuned and check later on in the week. Next up, divisional matchup, Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with Dallas in this one. I like what I saw out of Cooper Rush. I like, uh, you know, the way they controlled that game against the Giants. Um, and Washington has given me absolutely no reason for me to pick them or believe in them. I'm going to go 21 to 10 uh, Cowboys. Who would have thought Cooper Rush, Doc <laughs> this, Doc that, the Dallas Cowboys will win this football game. Mika Parsons, holy smokes, this guy is for real. And yeah. Washington has no offensive line. Good luck stopping that guy. Dallas takes it 17-14. 
All right, next up, we got an NFC matchup. Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers through by one and a half after getting their first win of the season. Will they get their second? No, they won't. Give me Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I expect to see a good Kyler in this game, and I was not impressed with the offensive side of the ball or Baker Mayfield in that Carolina Panthers victory. Give me Arizona 26 to 18 on the road. I hate this spread. This spread is an enigma to me. I don't know, man. I have to take Carolina in this game. I don't want to take Carolina, but Arizona is going to face adversity after this loss. They're going to look at themselves in the mirror. I know Arizona has to win this football game, but that spread is ugly. I think Baker has a a really good game. I think this is probably the, the game we're going to see Baker throw at least three touchdowns. Give me Carolina 28 to 24. Close one. All right, next up, divisional matchup, AFC West. Denver Broncos at the winless Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders come away with a victory here and improve to one and three. They win this game in overtime by a final score of 23 to 20. Obviously, I could see either team winning this game. Uh, Both teams, I mean, the Broncos are two and one, but both teams, you got to say, have been underperforming this year. But I think the Raiders get the win in the black hole at home and in overtime over their division rivals. Honestly, for me, this is the who cares game of the week. (laughs) Give me Denver finding a weird way to win, leaning on that defense. And to make the Las Vegas Raiders 0-4, Denver takes it 23-20. to All right, next up, we got the New England Patriots, probably led by Brian Hoyer in this one, at the Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by 10.5. It's a big point spread, but I'm going to take the Packers to cover just 27-16. to I just don't think the Patriots are going to be able to put up enough points. Their offense has struggled for the most part of this year, excluding last game. It didn't look that bad. Yeah, Brian, Brian Hoare is going to need a, a week or two to figure out this offense and and, uh, and get into uh, rapport with his receivers. So give me the... the uh, Green Bay Packers to win uh, for uh, another another week. Yeah, this is going to be an ugly game. I can already see it. A lot of running on both sides. And I expect the Green Bay Packers to take it, but they won't cover the spread. They will win 28 to 20. All right, next up, Kansas City Chiefs at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Kansas City favored by two and a half rematch of the Super Bowl uh, of just a few years ago. I think Kansas City gets revenge. Uh, they're able to put up points in this game. Um, and Mike Evans will be back. Don't know about Chris Godwin or Julio Jones in this one. Don't think it's going to matter. I think Kansas City is going to win this game. I'm going to go a final score of 27 to 20. And uh, yeah, the Chiefs improved to three and one. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. How will the Kansas City Chiefs lose this football game with a depleted Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? I'm going to say Julio Jones goes off for 150 yards and a touchdown. Tampa Bay takes it 27-24. All right, next up, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Monday night football, NFC match, NFC West matchup. Give me the quote-unquote upset here. I am not trusting San Francisco, led by Jimmy Garoppolo. Give me the Super Bowl champs to win this game on the road by a final score. I'm going to go 30-23 to 23 over San Francisco. The Rams get the W on Monday night football. Injury alert. Injury alert. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. San Francisco eats the Rams for lunch, for breakfast, for supper. Eats them for the entire season. Statement game. San Francisco (laughs) destroys the Rams 30-3 to with an injury to (laughs) Matt Stafford. 
Oh, boy. All right, folks. That is it for this week's show of the Power Hour. Hope you enjoyed. It's been a super exciting first few weeks of the season. Thank you to all our listeners. Without you guys, there is no show. Hope you enjoy week four and hope you enjoy the game tonight. Go Dolphins! You are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.